0: I am sitting here with a freshly shorn haircut. I am sitting here watching on the TV in the the bedroom. Duke is blowing out Florida State in the ACC championship game. And we are smack dab in the middle on the road to WrestleMania. I am the intellectual savior of the wrestling masses, Brian Frigo. And I am here with the proper villain, Patrick Swofford. is coming up hard and fast. The card is on its way to being set. And we are on our way to being a lean... Me and the Wrestle Talking Machine. Patrick, my brother, how are we this evening?
1: Well, neither one of us are definitely lean, and I'm the only one of us that's mean, so this episode of Wrestling with Egos is brought to you by technology. Mm-hmm. It's a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we
0: have Don't been, we know that.
1: We have been trying to get, it is Saturday night, March 16th, we've been trying to get this son of a gun recorded for the last hour and a half. Right after I got the right after my fiance and I get to get the girls to bed. And yeah, we finally got this figured out. It's also brought to you by our very old friends at Skype who have bailed us out for the last time. Anchor, we love the fact that you're hosting our podcast, but we seriously okay constructive criticism, you guys. We'd really like some better recording options than the ones you're giving us. Give because them.
0: they're kind of clunky. Nudge,
1: nudge, wink, wink.
0: Nudge, nudge. But nudge. enough about that on a serious note. But let's get the important, things, important business out of the way right off the bat. Happy Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, my friend.
1: Happy Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. I'd like to point out that uh, I, I didn't realize this until I saw it earlier today. WWE reposted this. Apparently two years ago today, Becky Lynch redid the entire King of the Rings speech from uh, uh, when when Stone Cold won it, and I was like,
0: "Cheap bottle of Thunderbird."
1: Yeah, cheap bottle of Thunderbird. Talk about yourself. Talk about John three hundred and sixty. S- seriously, that goes in like the top five of greatest promos ever. That's up there with Hard Times. That's up with. That's up there with. I mean, so many good ones, but that's like one of the iconic promos in the history of this business.
0: I actually saw that earlier today, so I had to take a couple seconds and watch it. And it was, it, it, it's appropriate for the times that we're in, I, I would say. Yeah,
1: very much so. Brother, how has your week been?
0: Good week. Good week at school, uh, good week at home. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know, gearing up for the uh, gearing up on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, i ready for spring. I'm ready for this weather to improve. WrestleMania usually brings that around for us.
1: Oh, and WrestleMania also brings what we refer to uh, in, in our little inner circle as the season opener, which means Brian and I are both golfers. We have several friends of ours in our in our in our tightly knit circle that are golfers, and apparently today we have added another one because my soon-to-be stepson, who just turned 19, uh, wanted some golf clubs for his birthday. So my fiancé and I obliged, and today he was like, hey, can we go to the driving range? So in 30-some-odd degree weather, we went to a driving range uh, nearby and hacked, uh, hacked a couple of uh, buckets around. He did the majority of the hacking. I'm trying to coach him on his swing. By the way, he listens to me more than you do, Brian. Um, he, he,
0: he's going to
1: be like. He's going to be I, right. I got a feeling by the end of the year, we're both getting our asses kicked by him.
0: From the video I saw, he was gripping and ripping, so...
1: Yeah, he's got a, he's already got a nice little buttery smooth swing, the little son of a... Never mind.
0: That's and, why the, I sent you the facepalm gif.
1: Oh, so. yeah. So let me ask you a question, just kind of getting your opinion on this. Since we are on the road to WrestleMania, and we did have the last stop on the road to WrestleMania, namely Fastlane... Was that, is it safe to say that we could easily rate that pay-per-view as a, eh?
0: I thought it was very, eh, in terms of, you know, what questions it answered, you know, what did it solve. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that Becky is officially in the triple threat. At the,
1: uh, same, we, time, oh, at the same time, Ronda just comes out there and just punches her. Okay. And then Rhonda cuts the promo on Monday about how she's not afraid of anyone and everything else. And I'm like, okay, so why in God's name did you punch Becky when she was about to tap out? Oh, and then by the way, Becky was faking the injury the whole time?
0: Which we've seen that before from people. But you I'm know, ripping like, a cast off or throwing a crutch away,
1: right? But I'm just like, okay, this is starting to get
0: stupid. That's why I gave it the grade I uh, did last week when we when we got together. You know, it's just been it, you know started out you know spine tingling you know promos and stuff like that, but it's gotten watered down.
1: I agree. It's
0: like the match needs to happen already.
1: Yeah, and the sad thing is, I think we're getting more gripping. Storytelling right now, from what we're getting out of uh, uh, the Kofi Kingston storyline on SmackDown, they're doing this. Be like, like we talked about last week, they're doing the exact same friggin' thing that they're doing with Becky. They're they're screwing over the one person that the fans want to see. And
0: but they're doing it with better mic work.
1: Oh my God! You know, clearly better mic work because. Daniel Bryan, great on the mic. Kevin Owens, great on the mic. Kofi and the New Day, all three great on the mic. Um, you got Joe. And you get this gauntlet match that we're having uh, having on Tuesday with Joe and Randy and Rowan and I can't remember who else.
0: And Vince during the pot like he always does.
1: Yeah, but I mean, so it's it it it's better, but. It's not as hot because, let's be honest, people want to see Kofi get a shot at the title. Becky is still the hottest thing in the entire world. And it would not surprise me in a couple of weeks if they don't just kick that son of a gun into high gear. Like if we get, you know, two weeks from now when we start approaching the final two draws before Mania, i got a feeling they're going to throw gasoline on that fire and just let it it go.
0: And I... I would put out there that it should not be Rhonda throwing gasoline on the fire. Ronda's done enough talking. It be it's time for Becky and maybe even Charlotte to cut a scathing, you know, promo or two. But I, I don't think Ronda should be let anywhere near the gas cans.
1: I don't think it should be a promo either. I think what they should do, if it's me, again, you know, if I'm, if I'm booking this, um... Rhonda and Charlotte can talk all they want. I want to see Becky. I want to see Becky wreak havoc. Because we're not going to get. Any more fuel to the fire. With the, any of those three women talking. We need to see. The one person we want to see. Like what I would do. This week. And uh, tomorrow. You know, uh, Monday night on Raw. This week. And next week. I want to see Becky. Freak unholy havoc and then the next week two weeks before mania i want to see Rhonda wreak havoc and then the week before mania the go home before mania i want to see charlotte wreak havoc
0: you know what images flashed through my mind when you were saying all that the build-up to invasion where austin came you when know, i was drinking in the bar and he came and, you know, there were people. I mean, I know there were lots of other characters involved in that, but you could do something like that with Becky where she's nowhere to be found. Where's Becky? Where's Becky? And then she comes to the arena somehow, some mode of transportation, and she just starts, you know, tearing up all the all the ladies on her way to the ring or something like that while, you know, maybe back Charlotte and Ronda are having a match or something like that or Charlotte and Ronda are having a contract signing without her or something like that. That just flashed through my head.
1: Yeah, or have Becky tear through security, have Becky tear through the entire women's locker room, yep. to get to Charlotte and Ronda. I still think you need to get Becky like molten lava supernova hot, and they're not doing a very good job of that right now.
0: Right, so I've been faking this injury, but now let me show you what I can do. Here, here I'm going to prove to you that I can go.
1: Um, to me, it's to me, it's starting to get a little stale. Um,
0: stale, whereas, I agree.
1: Yeah. Whereas other things that we know we're getting in WrestleMania are not getting stale. Um, I'm starting to really dig. Uh, where they're going with Kofi, you know what? And after Monday night, you know what? I'm really starting to dig Drew McIntyre as the monster heel that really. That realistically, we've been waiting for for a while.
0: Yeah, they're positioning him to get everybody's bad thoughts. I mean, if you're going to make him go after Reigns and leave him laid out, and leave him, make him go after Dean Ambrose, and you know he's doing everything he 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 can in his power to make you hate him.
1: Uh, and I think he's doing a very very good job in that, for the simple fact that I mean, he's just a big mean looking mean looking cuss and he I mean he had a great Falls count anywhere match last Monday with with Ambrose I thought that was a really really good match just a good fight um,
0: part where they he hung him up on the railing
1: oh that was heel 401 right there that,
0: that looked not a lot of fun
1: no it did not but I was like yeah and they're you know and, and right before he did it when he's got him on when they're on the ramp he's like fight for me Dean fight for me I'm <laughs> like Oh, this is gonna like this is gonna get nasty real quick. And, it, and
0: something else I like about Drew too—he doesn't talk a lot.
1: Ooh,
0: you know, he he doesn't feel the need to. He's not gonna rhapsodize for twenty minutes about how he's gonna beat you up. He's just gonna come out and beat you up.
1: Yeah, his promos are short. He doesn't have to say a whole lot. When he does, though, he sounds cool as hell because his accent is just badass. Agreed. He's listening to him talk with that raspy voice, even when he's having a conversation, like you're ever watching the wwe network and you see the uh the table for three with him gender and Heath slater the 3mb reunion and he's um giving slater crap because he he because slater wasn't at drew's wedding they're just having a normal talk you're like so you went to my wedding I'm like <laughs> even in normal conversation you just sound like a badass yep monster I'm like but you just McIntyre, in my opinion, he has the look, he has the charisma, he has the sound. He could be that really, really badass, cool face or just this menacing heel because he can be that just ruthless BMF or he can just be like, yeah, I know I'm bad. That's my horrible Scottish accent. My
0: very answer. horrible, but I, that's why I'm not even Man, trying just one. Just right now.
1: Um, so I'm liking that, and I keep going back and forth on this, and I'm back on the very positive side of this. Man, I love the Usos. Oh my God, those guys! Ever since they turned heel, have
0: they've been put, sneaky good.
1: Oh, um, I think the secrets out, dude. The they're in rework has improved drastically. Oh my god, their promos now are just dude, really.
0: For about a year and a half. It makes you wonder how they keep coming up with it, but for a year and a half now they've been solid on the mic and they're snug in the ring.
1: Oh, very very um and they're they're still a heel team, but you know, we've discussed in the past they're a heel team that that fans appreciate because they're like, yeah, you're good. You know, we're still going to cheer you. We, we want to boo you, but yeah, you guys are good. You guys are good.
0: There's some other folks that have put in the work and, you know, they deserve all the run they're getting.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I really love that. Um, I know you said... You, now, you sent me a text a few days ago and said, and I can't remember what topic it was, but it was something dealing with what's going on right now. You had a, and I quote, mini or low-key rant mode on?
0: Yeah. I don't like stealing your gimmick that often, but there are times where I feel compelled to. So I'll and do it right now.
1: You know what? We're not going to call this a rant mode on. We're just going to call this... Eh, krigo has got a chapped ass. Because <laughs> guess what? As soon as you're done, Patrick's got a chapped ass too.
0: Okay, well we'll we'll put it out there and see what happens.
1: We're not going to make know, this gimmick or anything because nobody really wants to hear about chapped asses.
0: And I'm going to preface this by saying I know you're going to have a comeback for this. I know you're going to say, "But Brian, there's a plan here." But Brian, there's a plan here. Trust the no. plan. I don't care. I personally am getting really tired of how they're using Finn Balor. I don't understand why you have him drop the belt to, I'm going to go out and say it a nothing like Bobby Lashley on a Monday night raw. I don't understand why the office has no faith in this man. Um, And it's easy for me to get passionate about it because he's my dude and everybody knows he's my dude. I haven't cared about a wrestler this much since the rock was in his prime. So I guess that's why I'm so passionate about, you know, he can't hold a title for very long and, you know, he's jobbing out to McIntyre and he's jobbing out to Baron Corbin and he's jobbing out to Leo Rush for crying out loud. And it's like, do you not understand what talent you have here? Do you not understand how over he is with the fans? And and and, and don't give me the slow build stuff because you can't slow build 23 guys on the roster. You know, the the, the average casual fan and even the hardcore fans are not going to stay around for that long. And. I'm reading rumors about what they might have planned for Romania and beyond. You should have had those plans already in place. You should have already been pushing this kid to the moon. I called him a kid. I know he's not a kid, but I'm just getting tired of it. I thought, okay, great. He's the Intercontinental Champion now. Give him a prove it match against Bobby Lash and then let him run with the IC title all the way through the fall. You know, have him do an open challenge, do whatever, because he's that good. If he can make other people look good, have him roll out the demon from time to time when it's really warranted, but again, they have him drop it to Lashley, and I, I, I'm just beyond angry about it.
1: Okay, well, to quote Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction, Oh, oh, dear. oh you were finished? Will allow me to retort. What do you think they are doing right now, Brian? You talk about, you know, there's got to be, a, you know, there's got to be something to this. They're just jobbing him out. They're not jobbing him out. We always talk about it on this show, the last two weeks of this show, and in the eight years that we've known each other and we've realized that we were both wrestling fans, You, there has to be a chase. And
0: Why does the chase have to be this long?
1: Chase hasn't been this long. Keep in mind, yes, there was for a very long period of time after Finn came back from injury, there was there was not a rush to put any kind of momentum beh- behind him. There is now. and here's my thing. you're 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 getting on your high horse about Finn losing the title to Lashley and I'm sitting here going, good. He lost the title to Lashley several weeks before WrestleMania out of nowhere. He lost the title. Good. I'm glad he did. You know why? Because now we're going to take the next 30-some-odd days, and we're going to build up a rematch. Between where Lashley, is with Leo Rush in his corner, is going to defend against Finn Balor. And Lashley's going to come out with Leo Rush, and there's going to be the poses, and Lashley's going to show us his ass, and Leo Rush is going to chant, Lashley, Lashley, and then the lights are going to go out, and then there's going to be red lights, and there's going to be smoke, and then the freaking demon's going to show up, and then Leo Rush and Lashley are both, gonna stay, are both going to stay in there like, oh, crap. What? Do
0: you want to waste that on Lashley, though? Because I honestly think that's a waste to use it on Lashley.
1: Okay, so by that standard... By that standard, then, okay, you only bring the demon out for, like, the big-name people. So here's my thing. The only time he ever, he'll, he ever brings the demon out ever again... Is if he gets a shot at the universal title, and I think that's stupid. You, the WWE, is all about creating WrestleMania moments. What better WrestleMania moment than the Demon's first appearance in a long time, and creating that Demon entrance in New York at WrestleMania? You're. and this is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to call you out on this, but this is Little Picture versus Big Picture. You're seeing Little Picture. Finn lost the title. I'm seeing Big Picture. Excuse me, I got a cough. <coughs> big Picture. Finn's going to get it back at WrestleMania as the demon. And then we're going to get the run. Then we're going to get Fowler at his best. Because I got two words for you when it comes to this sort of title chase and it's not those two words that have to do with Degeneration X but it is a member of Degeneration X, Shawn Michaels they did the same thing to Shawn they slow pushed Shawn but once they decided to really make it all about Sean. It was all about Sean.
0: Doesn't mean I have to like it.
1: Patience and trust the process. It will come. They will build it and it will come. Uh And then you will come in more Mm -hmm. ways than one. Because not only will you buy your tickets to go see it, but you may very well climax. Hmm and you'll love every minute of it. All right, now, I personally don't want to get off on a rant here, but I got a little beef myself. All right, so we're apparently going to get AJ Styles and Randy Orton at WrestleMania. And I want to be the first person to say, I am all here for that. Oh, yeah. I am all here for that. Granted, I think Randy Orton is is like vanilla ice cream as far as wrestling, but you know what? Vanilla ice cream still gets the job done. He's boring. He's not flashy in any way, shape, or form. But the guy is crisp. The guy is clean. And when he has a great dance partner, Randy Orton can be magic. And I'm not saying, I'm I'm still not excusing him from his countless snooze fests against Seamus. God. (laughs) But still, when the man has... Next homework
0: assignment. Randy Orton, just kidding.
1: You ever, you give me that, I'm driving to your house and I'm kicking you square nuts. Um, just for that, just for that, I'm giving, I'm giving you a crappy match instead of this awesome one that I'm giving you tonight. Um. I didn't
0: actually assign it to you, so you can't give me a crappy match. No,
1: but the threat, the threat, man, that's like a nuclear deterrent. You're, you, you're essentially hovering your finger over the big red button. You launch There are no big island.
0: red buttons over here.
1: Hey, Mexican standoff. You got, you got guns, we got guns. You shoot, we shoot. We all did. Anyway, as I was saying, I'm all here for Randy Orton and AJ Styles. But What I'm not here for is this constant promo. Anytime we have an established WWE guy versus a guy that came up through wrestling and made his name in other places outside of WWE. Kevin Owens, Finn Balor... AJ Styles. For Randy Orton... To call AJ Styles... The king of the indies... Is... To me... Very insulting... To wrestling fans as a whole. Why? Because any wrestling fan... With a half of a freaking brain... Knows that AJ Styles can wrestle circles around Randy Orton... Drunk... Off of his ass. So... I'm over here like... Okay... So, Randy, when you're saying that, you know, in 2005, I was main eventing WrestleManias while you were in Orlando working on your tan with Dixie Carter, which I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) But you got to think, in 2005, people were wanting WWE to sign AJ Styles then. Yep. And it didn't happen. So, couldn't you also make the statement that if Vince McMahon would have signed AJ Styles in 2005, 2006, 2007, during that time, Randy Orton may not have won 13 WWE championships?
0: You could probably cut that number in half.
1: I I completely agree, I think, because since AJ Styles truly became the phenomenal one in TNA, and let's be honest. During that time in TNA, their storylines were god-awful, but their matches were out of this world because you you had guys like AJ and Joe and Bobby Roode and so many other guys before they started relying heavily on former WWE talent like RVD and Jeff and either of the Hardys or the Dudleys or guys like that. Or flair after he, quote-unquote, retired, whatever. And so it just kind of rubs me the wrong way when they're doing that. I'm like, okay, king of the indies. So you're saying that just because you've done all of your, rest, your entire body of work in wrestling is all in WWE, that makes you better than AJ Styles? No, 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 no. You can't even... My opinion, as great as Randy Orton has been... Randy Orton still can't hold AJ Styles' jock. It's not even, he's, he's not worthy of it. Um, and in my opinion, there's not too many guys that have ever been just WWE guys that are worthy of being able to say, I'm just as good in the ring as a guy like AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan. By the way, John Cena can't say that either. Um
0: I, and I get why you're upset by that, because it's too easy of a well to go to. You oh, yeah. know, I'm better than you because I was the WWE. It.
1: They do it for everybody. Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Fan Balor. I mean, it's just over and over. It's like, oh, well, all of the success you've had didn't, doesn't matter because it didn't happen in WWE. Like, okay, That's kind of bullshit because, you know, talent is talent. Okay, Ichiro Suzuki, all the success he had in Japan didn't matter because it didn't happen in Major League Baseball. No, Ichiro Suzuki might be one of the three greatest hitters to ever live. Period. End of story. Move on. Um. I'm done. I'm, I, I can keep going on about it, but we got to, we got so much stuff to talk about. We've got so many, you know, fun little topics. Because let's be honest, with an eh week that we had in wrestling, I'm glad we decided to not only do homework, but also uh, our little top five that uh, I proposed to you last week. Which I, I had fun making that list, and I've got some good stories about that. So it was I, kind
0: of a good week to do it. I agree.
1: Oh yeah. So I leave it to you, good sir. Would you rather me deliver to the class my book, my oral report on my homework, or would you like to get to our top five first?
0: Why don't we close out with the top five? Let's 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 hear your thoughts on Edge versus Cena from Unforgiven in 06 first.
1: Okay. Um, paint. Uh, paint. It. First off, I love the fact that last week. You talked about also the the lead-in that they played right before the match. I thought that was great because it showed Edge going to Cena's house and slapping around Big John. Um, The the back and forth, I really enjoyed that. I thought that build-up to that rivalry um, was really, really good. And again, as we discussed last week, this is essentially, even though it was a, a losing effort, This is what put Edge on the map, in my opinion, uh, as a viable heel. However, he wasn't a heel in this one, because this was in his hometown, and the champ came out first, and he was a conquering hero. Um, He got the pop of the night. It was loud. Uh, And Toronto is a very passionate wrestling town, as we will talk about later tonight. Spoiler alert! Um... Um, yeah, there may or may not be a Toronto moment in my top five. Um, but, um, I loved the pop for Edge, and I loved that even though he was the heel, you could tell when they popped, he was caught by surprise. Yes, and then it became just you know, the adrenaline got to him, and it was just all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, the match, it's, it, now the entrances I thought were very captivating because you had that from Edge. And then Cena comes out and he is booed. I mean, he gets the kind of boos that an anti-American character got. The the, the volume of boos he got wasn't cheap heat. It was essentially like, a, you know, going back to that particular time period, Muhammad Hassan. Yes. He was getting that kind of boo and I'm like, Oh, that's that's not like cheap heat. That is, we want your blood heat. We hate you, hate. Um, Muhammad, you know, Muhammad Hassan got that post nine eleven. Um, John Cena got that twice in his life, there and an ECW one night stand when he lost the title to Rob Van Dam. You just like enemy territory, bleep you. We can't throw anything at you because we want to see this match. Okay. <laughs> now to the match, which unfortunately for me doesn't get as rave reviews as the entrances do. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, ma'am. I thought the match was boring. But at the same time, that, a caveat to that, I think all solo TLC matches are boring. And here's why. There has to be, because it's a TLC match, because the bar was set so bleeping high by the Dudleys, Edge, and Christian, and the Hardys, that there has to be a certain, there's a certain expectation of brutality in these matches. And because there's such a a certain expectation of brutality, when you only have two guys, there's a lot of moments where these two guys are laying around next to each other because they both crashed and burned. So it's crash and burn. Wait. Crash and burn. Wait. Crash and burn. Wait. Somebody wins. <laughs> and that's what and that was very formulaic of this match because that's exactly what it was. Crash and burn. Another crash and burn. Another crash and burn. Hit you with a chair, hit you with another chair. The other guy comes back, hits you with a chair, hits you with a chair. Couple tables you know, set up the double table, they're both going up the ladder, and then Cena hits the AA from the top of the ladder, dropping Edge through two tables, and then the the one thing I loved about the match was John Cena's expression after he dumps Edge off the ladder through both of those tables. By the way, Edge went through both of those tables ass first, um, and then... He just has this look on his face like crap. I didn't want to do it, but you made me do it. You made me do that. Kind of one of those, you know, I'm a parent. This hurt this that hurt me more than it hurt you. I exactly. didn't want to have to, I didn't want to have to spank my 4-year-old butt, but you know what? I had to. I didn't want to do that and then he pulls the title down and it's just like, dang it. I didn't want to have to do that, but Got to do what you got to do.
0: That's I, the one part of the match that's most memorable for me too. Was just the expression on his face after they do the move.
1: Yeah, just like, damn it, you made me do it. Why'd you make me do it? Um, just like you graded your match, I will grade this one. Sorry, I'm gonna give it a C plus. I, like I said, I thought the match was very boring. I thought the match was very plotting. I thought Cena kind of plotted around and did his thing. Um and there was a lot of there was a lot of dead time. There was a lot of to put it in like a writing or a layout and design kind of term, there was a lot of white space. Uh Empty spaces. Because there's only there's two guys and they're both beating the crap out of each other. They gotta sell those moves. So I was like, eh okay, cool. There were some high there were some high points to it, but overall, C plus. Awesome. Um. Are you ready for your homework For next week
0: Yes I have pen in hand
1: Okay Caveats to it I've
0: got my planner out I'm ready to write it down
1: Good FYI you are going to go 55 minutes
0: Okay this I mean I already went an hour So Or 45 minutes sorry
1: Well you're going 55 this week uh, And I'd like to point out that, because obviously we give no names except for Brian and myself. We keep our families kind of secluded. We mention them, but we don't give names because privacy and everything else, especially the kids. Um, I like to point out that my daughter's birthday is April second, and this match just happened to have happened to have happened on April second, nineteen. 19- 89 so Kind of a coincidence that Greatness was born on A day of what I consider To be The single Greatest wrestling Match Ever
0: Oh geez no pressure
1: No no pressure Number two On that list by the way is Sean and Taker from Wrestlemania 25 Which is considered to be the greatest match in the modern era of WWE. So, you can kind of take a wild guess that this is not a WWE match.
0: I would expect nothing less from you.
1: From Clash of Champions, six. Here we go, we're doing WCW again, ladies and gentlemen. It is two out of three falls. As the nature boy, Ric Flair, defends the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Well played. Two out of three falls again. And, you know, we have to give our reasons for this. In my belief, this is the single greatest wrestling match that you can find on the wwe network it gets no better than this my grade for this match now obviously you may disagree brian and if you do cool i may have a grievance with that but it's your opinion my grade on this a plus this is a if i'm a teacher this is a 100 this is perfect in every stretch of the imagination
0: And full disclosure, I have seen this match before, unlike the one you gave me for last week or two weeks ago. I don't mind at all watching it again.
1: Oh, anybody that's a wrestling fan that does mind watching this, you suck. Turn your card in. (laughs) So... No, I'm good.
0: I don't don't, want to watch Flair Steamboat. I'm good. You know, what's wrong with you?
1: Flair Steamboat's like, you know, there are some of those matches you're like, yeah, I'll watch this just because it's that good, or it's that brutal, or it's just that momentous of a match. Hell in the cell with Taker and uh Taker and Mankind. Shane and Angle from King of the Ring where Shane got thrown through the glass mm. fifty, 50 times.
0: Bless his heart. And
1: this match, um I mean God, and for the record, I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil this one for you. Your next homework assignment from me will be from ECW. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. It will be from ECW. And I will give you a choice.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: It will be a vague choice. And then (laughs) I will give you what you've chosen, but I'll give you a choice.
0: Well, that's awfully sporting of you.
1: Oh, I I think so as well. Hey, I'm a sporting guy. I'm a... I'm not just a proper villain all the time. Actually, yeah, I am. I totally am. So I guess that leads us. We are about 38 minutes into this show. And I think this is probably going to take about 20 minutes. Probably. We have our reasons for all of these things. So last week, Brian and I were talking about like our five biggest mark-out moments. As a wrestling fan, obviously, this has to be stuff that we've seen or or experienced, and where we just forgot that it was all a part of the show, and we legitimately, passionately reacted to this in some way, shape, or form. So, I will start. With you, good sir, do you want to just go 5 and 5 and then 4 and 4 and go up the list? Or do you want to just do your list and then me do my list? How do you want to do it?
0: I think we'll trade off. We'll go 5 for 5, 4 for 4, etc.
1: All right. So I get a feeling my number 5 isn't as cool as yours. My Mine doesn't get really good until around 3, to be honest. Uh, All
0: mine are awesome.
1: I think I think mine my, my five are awesome, my five are awesome, but my three, two, and one are all epic. Uh my one has one hell of a story to it. Um so I'll go first with my number five. And I actually saw this in the comfort of your home, Brian. Aww. WrestleMania 31. Not Rollins getting RKO'd by Randy Orton, believe it or not.
0: That was pretty cool, though.
1: It was, but something happened later that night where I just, I believe my exact words, well, my paraphrased and censored words were freaking brilliant. And that was Seth Rollins cashing in Money in the Bank in the middle of Lesnar and Reigns.
0: I'll admit, never saw it coming.
1: Never saw it coming, never expected it, and when they did it, I was like forgot ah, he still that had the briefcase. Awesome.
0: I forgot he still had the briefcase, to be honest with you.
1: I did too, because honestly he took that he took that elevated RKO and we all lost our crap in your house. Me and Big Isaac were both just like just screaming. And then he does that, and I can't stop laughing, because I'm telling you, that is the greatest thing ever, because again, Patrick loves him some heel tactic, and that was just like Dude! D- thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he won the title. Your wife is ticked off. Isaac's ticked off. Um, a couple other people are grumbling, and I'm just sitting there going, ha <laughs> ha! My ex, my ex-wife isn't there because she's literally days away from giving birth to our daughter, to my daughter, and I'm just like, that's just freaking awesome. What do you have? I to think you? I have
0: my my jaw on the ground the whole time. I'm like, but it, and I'm like, he still has the briefcase, and you're like, he still has the briefcase.
1: Actually, no. You look at me you're like he still has the briefcase. I went, no, not anymore. He has the title now.
0: Not anymore. Right. Not anymore
1: not anymore he's got the title the pyro going off he won (laughs) so what say you what's your number five
0: my number five is my origin story um my first exposure to this business as we call it um (laughs) 1987's wrestlemania 3 i mean the whole event really just you know was my first exposure to wrestling like what is this you know are these guys in tights and This ring, this red, white, and blue ring and all this stuff. So many great matches. But the one that I will never forget is Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Because imagine a 10-year-old Brian on his knees, like, ripping, you know, carpet chunks out of my dad's friend's carpet. Not literally, but I was, like, grabbing at the carpet. Like, come on, Hulk. You got to do it. You got to beat him. And I had nothing invested. I had no skin in the game. It was like... You know, I immediately fell right into it. I'm rooting for the baby face. I could identify the baby baby face from twenty miles away. And I remember my dad and his buddy just sitting on the couch laughing their butts off at my reactions to everything and how I was bought in hook line and sinker. And I was I after that it was like, All right, I need to get more of this. Where can I get more of this? Um, so really it's the whole event, the theater behind it, and the 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 costumes and the 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 wrestling. That was also where Savage Steamboat happened. One (laughs) hell of a match, but
1: yeah.
0: But I guess I would I would I go back to that moment where I'm like darn near in tears, like you know, oh my God, he hurt his back. How is he going to win and all this stuff? But you know, so a gullible ten year old with his origin story. That's my number five moment.
1: Okay, my number four moment. Is in my opinion, and I can't remember the year, and I didn't look it up because I'm actually changing it. I have, I have a, a different number four written down, but I was thinking about it, and I'm like, no, no, I I need to change this. I originally had Benoit winning the title at WrestleMania 20 as my number four. But that's going to be moved down to an honorable mention. Um, okay. Number four, quite possibly the single most important moment in the re- in, in wrestling in the last 30 years because without it we do not get the attitude era we do not get the monday night war we do not get anything that shaped the landscape of what professional wrestling is now dash at the beach ah uh, yes hogan joining the nwo again another heel move I was shocked at this one. I'm just like, oh my God, they just turned Hogan heel. Oh my God, what are they thinking? And then it turned out to be magic. The visceral reaction from those fans in Daytona, I was like, oh my God, they're going to kill him. Oh my God, he's not going to get out of there friggin' alive. Oh my God. This is as bad as when the horseman broke Dusty's leg. Right. The horseman almost didn't make it out of that damn cage alive because it was in Greensboro. Hogan may not make it out of out of Orlando or Daytona. Daytona's where it was. Like, and it just turned out to be one of the greatest things ever. So that's my number four.
0: That's a very good one. Um, I hope I get some mad points from you for my number four, because I bet this is one you didn't see coming. If you had 100 guesses, you probably would not have guessed that this would make my list.
1: Barry Horowitz winning a match.
0: Nope. Okay. Try again. Uh, this one's from 2016. Okay. Wrestle Kingdom 10.
1: Really? Really? My-
0: my first exposure to New Japan Pro Wrestling at the behest of the co-host of this right here podcast that we're recording, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and I've got some notes written down here, just the pacing and the atmosphere, the way the, the crowd is buying into it the whole time, and those two motors at that particular point in time like they could have gone for three hours if they had wanted to Mm -hmm. and just the strikes and the the, the kicks and you're like you need to watch this because they wrestle a whole different animal over in Japan and you were not lying my friend
1: yeah I love that match that's That's my number four watching that match is just yeah this is this is not sports entertainment ladies and gentlemen this is just straight up pro wrestling and this is just nasty and it's just so beautiful just a beautiful match to watch and it's painful and it's yeah. artistry and when you're done you're just like oh god I mean so when you way-
0: wrestle next <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, that one and, like, watching Kenny Omega and uh, Kazuchika Okada. Oh, my God. Just let it wash over you, man. All right. My number three is Hulk Hogan again. <laughs> Here's <laughs> – yeah. Really? No. Yeah, yeah okay. my, number three is Hulk, my number three is Hulk Hogan because these th- – my top three, I'm an adult, but I went back to being a child. I'm sorry. No, my number two and my number three and my number two. I went back to being a child. My number one. I was a kid. Um. Hogan, Rock, WrestleMania 18, and it's not because of that match because that match was okay. It was a C plus, but Hogan as the heel, and then he hopes up. <laughs> I lost my stuff. Um, sorry, I caught myself. I might have said it earlier. Earlier, and if I did, I apologize. But I lost my stuff on that one. I just absolutely came unglued, thinking, "Oh my God, he's hooking up!" And I'm back. I'm back to WrestleMania Four, WrestleMania Five, just losing my mind because it's Hogan doing doing. Hogan things. Yep. And it's like, yeah, this is the, the, daddy, daddy likey. <laughs> like, this is, this is what I grew up on. Even though I was very much a WCW guy, I liked Hogan. I, as a kid, I loved me some Hogan. So to be able to see that, for lack of a better term, that piece of nostalgia was just, yep. Yep. This is, this, this is, this is, this is, this is I, I, I can, I, I I'm, I am here for all of this. Number three for you.
0: Number three for me comes from 2015. NXT TakeOver Respect.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
0: In which we have ourselves a little Iron Man match.
1: But there's no men in this Iron Man match.
0: Doesn't need to be. We're going to call it an Iron Man match because Sasha Banks and Bayley... Uh, told a great story for 30 minutes, and Bailey finally gets her due. She retains the championship because she had won it at Takeover Brooklyn a couple weeks, or I, I'm not, I, maybe I have my timeline wrong, but well, I think that she, she, she won the she championship won first and then defended it in the Iron Man match.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right.
0: And this is Bailey finally cementing herself as yeah, don't forget about me. I can go. I can tell a story. I'm just as good in the ring as you are.
1: I remember Um, that so vividly because it was just a great match. Um, uh, I remember a couple points about that match. Bailey is in the process of being counted out and losing a fall. And Sasha takes the headband off of Izzy, who who might have been seven or eight at the time. And Izzy's crying and her parents are hugging her and holding her and i was like oh what a dirty bitch thinking about Sasha.
0: sasha's just basking in the heat in the heat she's oh, getting oh
1: it is and they're the, the crowd's chanting for izzy and then bailey gets the hits the bailey to belly toward the end and t- and uh ties it up and then gets her and gets Sasha in a cross face or gets her in some sort of submission. And then just starts dropping her leg on Sasha's head while holding that submission. And Sasha taps right before uh, the clock expires. And I'm just like, oh, that was brilliant. Yes. I was oh, it was great. I, I marked out for that, but I didn't mark out nearly as hard as I did for any of these three, any of these. So number two. Was special for me. Easily. I cried. For this one. I was genuinely. Happy. For this one. SummerSlam. 2002. It was an unsanctioned match. Between Triple H. And the returning. Shawn Michaels. Hadn't seen Sean in a ring in four years. Didn't know what Sean was going to be able to do. Um, Came out in jeans and a white tank top that said Philippians 413. He was a different guy than the last time we saw him. And it was a bunch of punch and kick. Punch, kick, punch, kick. Sean's bleeding. Punch, kick, punch, kick. Couple body slams. Match is still going on. I'm, you know, got some good drop kicks in there. Sean's turning it up. He's looking pretty good. Then Hunter Hunter fires Sean off the rope. Sean comes firing, flying through the air, hits that forearm, rolls onto his back, and then when Sean kips up, I'm done.
0: <laughs> I. It was like, I, whoa! You found another I, gear there. I,
1: Say it now, censor warning I lost my shit I'm done I'm out of my mind like, Oh my god And it is just Shawn Michaels You know you no know, Shawn Michaels being Shawn Michaels For the rest of that match You know, you know what
0: my favorite part of that match is What Because I've seen that a time or two They set up the table on the outside And Hunter's laying on it And Shawn Trump goes up goes to, to the top row
1: does the little he's crazy kind of thing yeah like, and, his and he's like
0: yeah i know i am
1: <laughs> yeah i
0: never forget that
1: uh I'll, I'll,
0: then how he twisted his body because he wasn't in the right position for it right he rotated like 45 degrees in midair yeah to hit that i'm like oh okay
1: yeah sean hit the uh the elbow from the ladder um it's just so many things and i was like Yeah, Um, another thing I always remember, because remember, Sean's last match in the ring was at WrestleMania, and it was right after Earl Hebner had had an aneurysm and almost died. So, you know, there's always there's been footage of Sean being backstage right before he goes through Gorilla and says, this one's for you, Earl. Right. Hebner refereed that match. So Sean's a bloody mess. Sean's on his knees. Earl goes to raise his hand, and Sean grabs him, pulls him in, and just kisses him right on top of his head. Bloody mess, but he kisses it. I'm just like, that, that's, that's good stuff right there, man.
0: So many good things in that match.
1: Oh, yeah. So number two for you.
0: I wonder if you saw this one coming either. Number two for me from 2014.
1: It was the tuxedo match between Howard Binkle and Harvey Whippleman.
0: Neither one of whom were at NXT Takeover in 2014. <laughs> NXT Takeover, Our Evolution, the tag team and match. No? no, it's a tag match between the Ascension
1: and Balor and Tommy.
0: Because it it's big. the first time we saw Balor painted up. Yep. And it's really the first time I became aware of this. I had never seen anything like this guy before. You know, and I and I wondered, okay, where, where did this start happening? I remembered seeing him come out in this and where he appeared in one section and then it went dark and then he's over here and it goes dark and then he's in the middle and it goes dark again. And then all of a sudden he rises up and you see the artwork and in the promos leading up to it, he said, I'm bringing you something you've never seen before. And boy, was he right? Because I, he went, he took me to school that day because I'm like, I did not know that you could do this sort of thing. And
1: well, that initial demon was how he had the jaw the teeth of the demon, yep. on his chest and on his jaw. And as the and the camera angle was kind of at a forty five degree angle from him, with his arms out, out and his head back, it looked like the the demon's jaw mouth was open, and he kind of just started, you know, rolling his neck around, and it looked like the demon was just kind of gnashing his
0: teeth, yeah. it was
1: like. Oh, that is such a cool visual.
0: And I'll give mad props to The Ascension for the way they sold it, too, because you kind of see them, you know, sitting outside the ring like, what have we gotten ourselves into here?
1: Connor is standing there. Connor's a massive dude. And he's just like, what in the hell is
0: Yeah, this? exactly. And then, like, after the three count, what I forget forgotten about, Balor kind of hovers over him like he's feasting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you have my attention, sir. And that's really what started it off for me. And and you know, obviously they amp it up every time, you know, all the different versions of them, the Jack the Ripper and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all those other things. Jack but this Ripper is the match where it really started for me.
1: The Jack the Ripper version of the demon is the coolest one I've seen. That is so flipping awesome the way they've done the way they did that at Takeover London. That's probably my favorite. So, um can you do me a favor? Can you go? Can you do your number one? I want to save mine for last because I'm going to give you a story that you're probably going to laugh at.
0: OK. I bet when you gave me this assignment, you probably figured I know exactly what he's going to do.
1: I'm going ge- to say it has something something to do with the rock.
0: Yeah, and, but no, I thought I bet you figured all five of mine would have something to do with the rock.
1: No, and, I, knew, I knew you wouldn't do that for one simple reason. You knew I would bury you if you did.
0: Probably right. I mean, I want I, I want to have some integrity here.
1: Right, but and at I want to, you know. You know, newsflash for anybody that doesn't know Brian and I. Brian is a massive Rock fan, and I give him a whole lot of grief because he can tend to, he tends to be a fanboy when it comes to The Rock. Um, so I don't Brian, know
0: what you're talking about.
1: Brian's also not stupid, so Brian knows damn good and well that if he were to come on this show and have one through five being a moment with the rock that he was going to get just absolutely just cannibalized by me.
0: And since I realized, I kept it to a minimum, but you knew that the number one spot would have to go to the rock, but I bet you, you didn't think this would be the match that I would pick.
1: Let me take a guess. Um, it's not, it's not the Iron Man match.
0: Did you say it's not the Iron Man match?
1: Or is it the Iron Man match? Yes, it is. Okay.
0: And this is the irony about me and The the Rock. I find it more compelling when he loses. Because it, it, this, this one in particular, there's so many moving parts to this one.
1: Truth be told, in this particular match, The Rock becomes insignificant because of who shows up.
0: Right. But I didn't care because this was one as, as I was getting back into wrestling, because there was a dry period there. After I watched WrestleMania three in 87, I wasn't fortunate enough to have access to wrestling as a child, whether it was because I didn't pester my parents enough or because we didn't have cable in its infancy or whatever the case may be. I just never si- sought it out, you know, the way a true wrestling fan would as a child. So it wasn't until I was in college that I got back into it big time. And when I realized, you know, that there was this guy that was walking around referring to himself in the third person, and he had cool sunglasses on and styled sideburns, and he was so cool with the look and the 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 moves he would have. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know. And this was one of the first matches I remember seeing at that point because I would go to Blockbuster. And I would rent all the pay-per-views on VHS. And I remember this one. All the moving parts in this match. You got Triple H and the McMahons against The Rock. You got DX out there. You got all these people. You know, how is The Rock going to survive these odds?
1: Shawn Michaels is a special guest ref.
0: Shawn Michaels is a special guest referee. And I had never heard of an Iron Man match before. I'm like, these guys are going to go for 60 minutes. How are they going to do that? I mean, most matches are 10 minutes, if we're lucky. Um, and I thought they told a great story. There was a lot of DQs, a lot of you know pins. Rock gets the first pin and kind of surprises Triple H. Like, what? 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 What are you doing? And Undertaker does show up at the end in his American Badass gimmick, which I liked. I, I see a lot of people hated that period because they th- thought he was a lazy worker and he was nursing injuries and stuff like that. I like that period of time by him. I know my wife was really into that, too, because Undertaker is one of her favorite wrestlers. Uh, but what really got this match for me was Jr's commentary. I will never forget. Yeah, I'll, I don't care. I'll say it. About seven minutes to go, it, you know. He was trying to sell the fact that if Rock was ever going to get back in this match, he had to start making some hay. And he goes, it's nut-cutting time at 6.53 or something like that. And I'm like, what
1: did he say? cutting time
0: at 6.53. Nut-cutting time. And I'm like, okay, that, that's the one piece of commentary. And then I thought when The Undertaker came out, he was obviously going to help The Rock. But, of course, he starts chokeslamming everybody. And Sean didn't care until he had Hunter chokeslam with, like, three seconds to go in the match. And I'm like, really, really. So Triple H won six to five, and took the belt back from Rock, who had won it the the month before at King of the Ring. So that's that's my number one. I that that's the match I'm always going to go back to. Like if I want, if, if you ask me, you know, why do I like wrestling? I would show him that match, or I could show him any of these five, really. But that would be one of my go tos.
1: Yeah okay here's mine.
0: you're underwhelmed huh you're underwhelmed no I'm not
1: tell. I'm taking it all in I'm just like yeah that's okay. that's good I'm not, I'm very much not underwhelmed um I did I I did like the match I loved Taker's entrance even though you kind of go back and hear the stories they kind of mistimed it oh uh, actually Bruce Pritchard botched it up because he's admitted on his podcast before. <laughs> Um. Here's mine. Um, Great American Bash, nineteen ninety-two. Sting is defending the WCW Heavyweight Championship against Big Van Vader. Sting, you know, great, pretty, pretty good match. Pretty good match. Sting goes for the Stinger Splash, misses. Vader gets out of the way. Sting hits the top turnbuckle. Blips. Goes out to the ring. Um Vader then um, they, they both Vader goes out to get him because obviously he can't win the title on a count out. They fight on the outside. Vader gets run up against uh one of the uh, st- uh one of the uh, steel poles, the steel posts. Sting goes to try and stinger splash him there. Vader moves out of the way, Stinger hits the um uh, post head burst. Well, with his head. Um, Vader throws him back in the ring. And literally starts power bombing him. Until the ref stops the match. Now, this is 1992. I'm an 8th grader. I'm a very immature 8th grader. And I... Flipped out. Because as we've discussed on this show, Sting is my dude. More, I have more of a wrestling love for Sting than Krigo does for Finn Balor. Krigo does for The Rock. Sting is my ride or die. And I am in my room Okay, we had a scrambler, we had the black box, it was awesome, and I'm (laughs) in my room and I'm screaming, I'm throwing stuff in my room, I am absolutely, I mean, take any meltdown that a baseball umpire has had, multiply that by a hundred, and I am having that kind of meltdown.
0: You mean a baseball manager?
1: Yes, what I, that didn't I say that?
0: You said umpire.
1: Baseball manager. I'm okay,
0: sorry. that's fine.
1: Think, think any of those meltdowns. Multiply it by 100. That's what I am having. Eighth grade. 1992. My mom comes in and sees the unholy carnage is now my bedroom. <laughs> unplugs the box. Discri- unplugs the box. Unplugs the TV. Unplugs my Nintendo.
0: Oh, she went there,
1: takes them all, puts them in her room. Um, the TV, she just unplugged and then took the remote, uh, because there were no buttons on my TV to actually change channels or anything else. But she also took the box, so I couldn't do squat with it anyway. Took the mm. Nintendo. And I had just gotten my hands on Super Mario Brothers three, and I was crack rocking on that thing. Um, she took everything. No joke,
0: Mama Lated Swafford j- don't play.
1: Mama Swafford grounded my ass for three months. Ooh, three months. I broke no Kriego. I broke stuff.
0: That's Brian Kriego territory for getting grounded right there.
1: I. Broke stuff
0: oh man
1: as i'm throwing stuff out of my door into the hallway i broke some of mom's stuff (laughs) i was nuclear dude i was grounded in general for three months i did not get to watch wrestling for a year
0: well I can only I can only imagine the scene. Then that's oh, I it
1: was, shouldn't it, be
0: laughing, but I mean.
1: Oh no no no! Laugh, laugh! Because <laughs> it, here I am now. Here I am now, forty years old, and I'm just like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> it's it's crazy, go nuts, but I totally did that. Um, I I would love
0: praying to God. Your offspring never pulls something like that.
1: Oh, she totally will. she totally will you may. she is your niece brian she is your niece you know what bloodline she comes from she gonna do it (laughs) all right she gonna do it i'm gonna go child you were playing out of my playbook stay in your lane
0: i I wrote this playbook
1: i wrote this playbook kid what you talking about look at at the
0: copyright
1: You and your little cute blonde self with your pretty little blue eyes, and you over here trying to, trying to, trying to act like, trying to act like I don't know what you're trying to pull, <laughs> little girl, please. But yeah, no, I, I, no joke. If I ever had the opportunity, as an adult, to meet Sting, I would love to be able to tell him that. I would love to be able to tell him that story.
0: I think he'd get a kick out of that.
1: Uh yeah. Oh, I'm sure he would. I'd also love to be able to go back and have the opportunity to meet Vader and tell him that. Because I think we both get could
0: him. get a kick I out love
1: of that. Of how nice of a guy Leon White was. Yes. And I would love to be able to tell just face to face, tell either one of them that. Especially Sting because of how much I loved Sting as a kid. I got grounded because of you. <laughs> yeah. Like so, funny story. You may laugh or you may think I'm a complete idiot, but you probably heard worse. And just tell the story. I'm like, so yeah, I was such a fan of you even as a kid. I got grounded because you got powerbombed. You got you got bludgeoned to crap by power bombs by Vader. And I was grounded for three months and couldn't watch wrestling for a year. So, yeah. And then there would be some awkward silence. And if we're sitting down next to each other, that would be the point where he would stand up and just walk away. Right. And then security would grab me and usher me out of the building. One of those things.
0: That next boy thing, ain't next right. Next
1: thing I know, I'd be, I'd be served with, with a restraining order for the from the, uh, the, the entire Borden family. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, for real, I, I'm half proud to say, yeah, I get. You know how there's that there's that crazy show on one of these like Lifetime, not Lifetime, but like TLC or some, one of those channels. Sex sent me to the ER. Yeah, wrestling got me grounded. <laughs> wrestling got me grounded. So, and I can't way-
0: compete with that.
1: I wasn't trying to get you to compete with that but I am just when I when I came up with the idea of us doing this I know I had never told you that story cuz I honestly rarely told anybody that story and I'm like you know what I will tell Brian see what kind of reaction I get out of him I'm like he's either going to laugh or think oh my god I'm, I'm just, just
0: picturing that scene when mama like okay we're unplugging it all we're going to We're going to detox you.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, and for the record, not only did I get the three three months grounded from mom, and not only did I get wrestling taken away from me for an entire year, but I'd also like to point out that not only did Mama Swampert whoop my ass, she whooped my ass with a belt. My grandmother, who lived with us, got a hold of my ass, too.
0: You got some double whoopings.
1: Here's the thing. Me growing up in the South, I referred to my grandmother as Momo. Momo okay. got to switch. E. Momo was the, kind of, was the kind of woman. Wonderful Southern woman. Her Her first name was Magnolia. That is why there's always a, Magno, a picture of a Magnolia in my kitchen. Because my grandmother was also an amazing cook. Um, Very nice. Um, Momo would make me go pick out the instrument of my destruction myself. So I'd go out to this little this little tree, I don't even know what kind of tree it was, and I'd pick out a a little branch, you know, to pick out the switch. And if it wasn't good enough, she'd send me back. Mm. It took me three times because I was I was dreading this one. Cause it was in the summer. And I was wearing shorts and when she got me with that first one, I started hopping around. Here's the problem. That was that that first that first swing of that switch was the only time my mama made contact with my ass. She got my legs. Somehow my shirt came up a little bit and she got me on my lower back. She got me behind the ear, Brian Kriego.
0: Taking dead coming. aim.
1: She got me behind the left ear because I was dancing around so much because every last every every last one of them swings, except for that first one, hurt like the dickens.
0: Oh, my word.
1: My mom gave me a pretty solid ass whooping. My my grandmother. Momo. Brought the heat.
0: That part's you know the funniest mom. yet.
1: You know my mom. My mom My mom is a sweet lady. She can also be a fiery lady. But you know what? I feared my grandmother a whole hell of a lot more than I've ever feared my mama. And I am not telling y'all anything. I have not told my mother within the last six months. To which my mother goes, I know.
0: <laughs> that is unreal.
1: Mama was a, mama was a badass. Short. Four eleven, sweet as can be, but that woman could cut you. Woo, woo. She had a mean streak. Now you know where I get it.
0: <laughs> All my grandmother ever did was make me sit on the stairs.
1: Oh God, no! I'd I'd kill to be able to just sit on the stairs
0: and Man. think about what you did. That was her line. Think about what you did. Oh
1: no! I didn't get to think. I just got. I, I just. I just got executed. <laughs> there was no trial. There was no, you know, appeal. It was, you know, you got caught, you go straight to the you go str- straight to the hangman. Man. So now yeah, so apparently now we're talking about capital punishment.
0: No, I don't I don't think we need to I don't think we need to do that anymore.
1: Capital punishment and corporal punishment, yeah. Yeah. No. Should you spank your child or no? Well, actually, no, we're not going to have that discussion.
0: No, we're not.
1: No, we're not. But you know what? Back, we're a kinder,
0: gentler wrestling podcast.
1: Back in the summer of 1992, yes, my family truly believed in that. Because <laughs> mama, because mama what my ass. I would have loved to have been staying getting bombed by Vader umpteen times as opposed to taking a switch behind my left ear.
0: I still can't believe she got you behind the ear.
1: I was jumping around, dude. I don't know how the bloody hell she did it, but she did it. Next time you, t- next, next time you see Mama Swafford, you ask her. Is it true that his grandmother got him behind the ear because of the wrestling thing? Yep. That's nuts. She hit me with that one. She hit me with that one, brought a little bit of blood, and I dropped to the floor. that one hurt god okay great yeah it's 11:30 p.m. on saturday night and i'm going to have nightmares now <laughs> oh man well i suppose there's
0: worse things to have nightmares about but
1: there there are there are well that is going to do it for this episode of wrestling with egos Um, Any final words?
0: Uh, Did want to say congratulations to Harlem Heat. They're your next uh, inductee into the Hall of Fame.
1: Well deserved. Well Well
0: deserved. deserved. Well. And we should probably also tackle this next week, but uh, Kurt Angle is going to wrestle a farewell match at WrestleMania as well. Probably want to dive into who we think he should wrestle, even though he's going to have announced it by that point, but.
1: Probably. But then again, maybe not. I'm honestly yeah. much. I'd much rather speculate, and I'd much rather react to it. So that's why I didn't. Really okay. Up.
0: That's so fine. So we will talk. So about that's that. coming.
1: We will. We will talk about that next week. We will talk about anything that happened on Raw and SmackDown. We'll talk about the new revelations of NXT going into what we now know. What we now know as the post uh, Tommaso Ciampa as NXT champion era, um, it's already been recorded, you can go find spoilers if you really want, Um, but we'll talk about all that, and we'll see, and we will see how much further down the road to WrestleMania we get when we see you guys next week on Wrestling Week with Egos, until then, for Brian Kriego, I'm Patrick Slawford, and that's our story, we're sticking to it.